Welcome to It's All Journalism. My name is Michael O'Connell here with another podcast about digital media and the people who make it. And on the phone with me today is one of our friends, Tiffany Shackelford of the Association of Alternative News Media. Welcome, Tiffany. Hello. Thanks for having me, Michael. Well, we always talk about this time of year about the upcoming AAN conference, which is going to be in Austin this year. It's going to be Big Texas, which is where you're from, right? I do have roots in West Texas. My granddaddy was a sheep farmer out there, so absolutely. Okay. Well, cool. Now, it's going to be July uh, 7th through 10th, and uh, where is it going to be at in, in Austin? It is there at the Westin, a new hotel right in downtown Austin. We are, you know, really excited. But our events are in the hottest places in Austin, Stubbs, Antones, Home of the Blues. And, of course, we're having a private cocktail party at Lewis Black's house. Lewis is the creator of South by Southwest. No big deal, you know. So yeah. we're really excited. Well, cool. Well, cool. I, I was just going to ask you what fun stuff you had going on. I'm going to have to ask you who your big guests are as well. But uh, let's talk about that. I I was fortunate to go to both uh, the last two conventions, one in Utah, one in in Nashville. Had a great time. It's a great event. Just. Real casual, lots of people in the alternative press sphere uh, sharing ideas about, uh, you know, editorial ideas, business ideas, and then also getting a chance to check out the local community and, and have some fun. So what is it you got planned? Let's talk fun first. So what do you got planned for convention goers out there? Well, as I always say, if it's one thing we do well in the alternative press, it's parties. We've even added a few this year because it's the Austin Chronicle is a great host. We have a welcome cocktail party, as I said, at Lewis Black's home. Then we follow that. On Thursday, we have a series of happy hours at various bars. And then we have a party at Antone's Home of the Blues. We have some special guests coming by, some musicians with amazing credentials, and we're pretty excited about that. And then on the 9th, we're going to be having our award celebration at Palm Door on 6th. Oh, neat. So we really have some, you know, some great parties planned. Well, cool, cool. And like I said, my experience at uh, the stuff that you had in Nashville and in Salt Lake City uh, can't speak highly enough of just the fun stuff that you got you had going on i had a great time in nashville uh walking downtown you'd go into a honky tonk and then at salt lake city the last night i was there the, the big thing that you had at the the one museum and you had indian dancers and it was just it's just a wonderful wonderful time so you can't tell your boss that you're going to austin just to have a party you, you actually have to tell them that you're going there for actual journalism work and, and really important conference stuff. So who are the big speakers going to be this year and what, what's the focus of uh, the event? So it's funny because this year we have so many big speakers, so many names. It's almost, it's almost overwhelming. Let me tell you, just a couple of them. We have Wendy Davis who I think a lot of people will remember that name from the Texas political fight around women's rights. We have Hank Klebanoff, who co-authored a book on the civil rights beat and the civil rights history. We have Jeff Jarvis, you know, the media pundits pundit. We have Michelle Garcia, who has done amazing work on immigration and covering the border. We have um, we have Trey Brundrett, who, of course, most people know from Vox. 
He runs product there. We have Mark McKinnon, political operative extraordinaire, who's worked for everyone from Ann Richards to W, which I think is kind of fascinating. We have Laura Cochran from Condé Nast, who's doing her human-centered design workshop. We have... Summer Ann Burton from BuzzFeed talking about distributed shift. We have Mike Riley, who's going to do a whole day of Google Tools training. We have Kate Gardner coming in to talk audience development. We have Melanie DeZeal coming in to talk about content marketing. I don't know if you know about her. She is the rock star in, in native advertising. Go on. We have... Doug Brinkley, you know, well-known historian and author, he's coming in. And I just got word that Sarah Bird is coming. I mean, I can't even, you know, I can't even get all these folks out of my mouth. And that's just some of them. That's just, I mean, it's really a phenomenal lineup. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's going to be a fun do. I, I can tell you that. And, and what do you say to the first time convention goers? What, what can they expect going to this event? They can expect big ideas, big thoughtful thinkers, and nuts and bolts, things that they can take back to their to their news organizations and use. They can expect, you know, editorial delightful, you know, ideas. They can expect sales, marketing, audience development, real stuff you can use. And it is not a situation where they won't be able to use what they're doing. It is not a situation where it'll be great for the New York Times, but not for a, a, you know, a local publication. And that's pretty exciting. You know, we are in a shift continually to rethink our business models, our digital models. We're conscious of that, but, you know, we're not afraid to still proudly be print either. So that's kind of nice. We will, you will find a group of people that are as dedicated and as excited by local as you are. Yeah. I, last year's event, I, there were a couple of things that I set in on that I was really impressed with. You had a, um, there was a panel about race and uh, diversity coverage um, and there was a, a couple of panels on, on the business side of things that I that I thought were really kind of illuminating. It's just like, a, you know, I can't say this enough. It's, it's a really fun event, a really informative event. It, and it sort of recharges your batteries about, you know, writing important stories and, uh, you know, at the same time coming up with new ways to serve your community. So, you know, obviously the, the conference is a big thing that's been on your plate. But uh, what else has uh, AAN been involved in since uh, the last time we spoke? Michael, we've, we have really started to put ideas and concepts into place around monetization. We've gotten a partnership put together with a company called AdForce. It is a premier digital advertising network. We are really thinking about, although we live and die by local, how can we use the power of our network, you know, these hundred plus papers across North America and beyond to, you know, how can we utilize the network and really go for it? And we think we have a, an amazing partner in AdForce to help us really, really reach out to these agencies and, and to be a player in the constantly changing advertising agency publisher model. We think we all read about it all the time, and we're pretty excited about that. We, you know, continue to stand up in a big way for investigative journalism issues and FOIA issues, free speech issues. We've actually increased the amount of 
you know, sign-ons that we've done even more since last year. We have put together an insurance program for our members that I think will save them a lot of money and protect them in the best way. And, you know, we have moved, we're moving forward on some, I think, amazing progressive coverage of really important issues through our foundation that is, you know, getting started. So we've been really busy and I think, you know, doing things that are moving the needle in a, in a real way. So in your position, you get, you get the opportunity to talk to a, a lot of, uh, you know, your members about, uh, you know, the issues that they're sort of concerned with. What's What's been on people's minds over the last year? You know, I think that people are concerned about, you know, we see all of these numbers around, you know, the digital, digital news has actually moved more jobs into centralized places like New York and D.C. You know, we know that local news is more important than ever, and our commitment, you know, is there. But yet, you know, the shift is continuing to happen. How are we going to continue to do the right kind of long-form narrative, the right kind of investigative reporting in a scrappy, you know, important way? I think that those are, you know, that's part of it. Figuring out, you know, because we were always the niche paper, the paper that was able to take deep dives to tell the stories that no one else did. But in a funny way, right now, you know, we're actually being asked to do even more because no one else is covering our local communities in a meaningful way. How do we manage that? How do we do both well? Or do we? Do we say, you know what, this is what we do and that's, and that's that? How do we compete with online-only niche publications that are new to the scene? Or how do we, you know, collaborate with them in the right ways? What are we doing to bring in diversity amongst readers and within our own newsrooms as well? So I think you see, you know, a lot of the general issues that, that we all talk about. How do we balance, you know, most of our papers are doing events in a very, very meaningful way. You know, how do we balance that with, you know, getting, getting a news you know, getting a news product out the door every week and, frankly, every day. You know, so it's it's a continuation of, of the conversation, I think, that we've been having. So... Yeah, there's that. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at your, your schedule for the conference coming up. I see also you've got that Jim Brady's going to be speaking. There's some pretty exciting stuff going on there um, yeah. that they did the the Philadelphia uh, news outlet, and now they're moving to, to Pittsburgh or expanding to Pittsburgh. Exactly. And you know, what's awesome is, you know, Jim is just a, a, a hell of a guy. And what I like about Jim is he's been very transparent about telling, talking about what, you know, what he's done and, and, you know, what hasn't worked and what has. And I feel like, you know, everyone can learn a lot from Jim. What I love, too, is that when asked, what does Billy Penn look like, he keeps saying it looks like an alt-weekly. So we're pretty excited to welcome Jim into our, our fold. I, we think he's going to, you know, he's going to enjoy it, and we're going to certainly enjoy having him there. So you, you mentioned uh, Melanie, D- is it Diesel? I, I, I know, Diesel. Diesel, uh-huh. Yeah, well, we had her on the podcast uh, talking about Native at uh, the New York Times. And uh, also, we've got another interview coming up with... Kevin Goldberg, who's uh, your your legal counsel, talking about uh, a couple of legal issues that beyond just uh, FOIA. We had him on a couple of weeks ago. And we also um, one of the other people who's going to be speaking is uh, Chris Farrone, 
and, and we just interviewed him as well. He's he's a guy who, uh, you know, he's going to be talking about nonprofit journalism. So a lot mm-hmm. of different topics that are really important to not just not just the the alternative press, but but journalists in general. Just. Uh, Great skills, great discussions, great people to talk to. Well, thank you very much for coming on. You know, people can find out more about this on your website, right? Absolutely. Or the if you want to just go straight to the conference site, it is aan2016.org. And you can see pretty quickly why we're so darn excited. Okay. Well, cool. Let's see you in Texas. Thanks. See you. So that was my interview with Tiffany. It's always fun to talk to her. Um, it sounds like the AAN conference is going to be really great this year in Austin. I had a wonderful time uh, in Salt Lake City last year and in Nashville the year before. This year I'm not going to be at the conference uh, because of the book that I'm working on, the podcasting book, which I I talked briefly about in the uh, 200th episode, and, and I thought maybe I'd give you, a, you know, take a few minutes here to sort of give everybody a, an update about what's going on with that. Uh, my deadline for the, the for turning in the book is November 1st, so it's right now we're in the middle of uh, June, and uh, so I'm in the middle of lots and lots of interviews. I've done about 25 or 26 interviews up to this point, mostly talking to podcasters, but also talking to people um, who are in the podcasting industry. And yes, it is an industry. There are people out there who are making money, who are building networks, who are thinking about, you know, developing data analytics. They're going to make this sort of a thriving platform. So lots of interesting conversations. Um, I, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't have any audio to, to share. Uh, I've got lots of uh, recordings of uh, my uh, podcasting interviews. So at this point, it's mostly just uh, for my own note-taking that, that I'm collecting this audio. But I think maybe as I get closer on and uh, I'll have other conversations that, that I can maybe sort of blend some of these interviews into upcoming podcasts. But uh, just some observations, uh, talking to lots of different type of podcasters, people who, you know, like me, you know, had fallen in love with podcasting and just wanted to participate somehow and just, you know, took whatever steps they could to put together a podcast, come up with an idea, uh, develop a platform for themselves to to talk about the thing that they were passionate about. Um, passion. That uh, seems to be, you know, uh, anybody who's been listening to the podcast in a long time may remember that there was a period of time where it seemed like every uh, podcast, every interview that we were doing was talking about uh, reporters and empathy and how important empathy was in your reporting and in your writing and making, you know, the stories you were telling bridging with the audience that you were you were bringing your story to. But passion is is a word that uh, I keep hearing over and over again with all of these conversations that uh, either the podcasters talk about their passion. Um, for podcasting or whatever the particular topic is, it is sort of the driving force for starting their podcast, making it grow, making it something that that really kind of drives their life. And at the same time, um, uh, talking to people who've been podcasting a long time, some of the business side of people, and I ask them what makes a good podcast. You know, one of the things that they almost always say is is passion. That that whoever does the uh, podcast. Uh, you should have a passion for whatever the subject matter is. 
you, if you're going to pick a topic to do for your podcast, think of something that you feel passionately about that you're willing to talk about, you know, week in, week out for for maybe years, and that there's a that that's just a subject in there that that you have that passion for, and that, then follow that and, and let that sort of drive you forward. And uh, I think it's probably good advice or a good observation for almost any creative endeavor that, you know, don't phone it in, you know, choose something that, that speaks to you that you want to share um, and, you know, your podcast or your, your story or your artwork or whatever it is, your photography is, is something that, that you see and that, you know, you want to pursue and, and that drives you forward. Um, I look back at my own career uh, when, you know, I was a freelancer, I kind of started doing interviews of comic book um, artists and writers and things like that. But I remember in the mid nineties, uh, seeing the movie Akira, uh, which is a Japanese animated film. And, and I'd always been a, fa a fan of science fiction. I'd been a fan of animation, but seeing Akira for the first time, and it was just like my 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 whole body was electric, and it was you know this was something new, and different, and exciting, and, and I wanted in some way to pursue that, and you know, someone with more talent and, and more drive and ambition probably would have maybe become an animator, but you know I was a writer, and uh, I began seeking out other Japanese animation um, movies and TV shows and things, and learning more about it. And my career kind of you know took a turn at that point, and I started you know doing reviews and movie reviews and 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 things, and it was all about whatever that thing that sort of inspired me when I saw that first movie, and you know it just drove me, and it was a passion that that, that changed the direction of my life, and you know online journalism is the same sort of thing for me that reaching a point in my career where I realized that I needed to leave print journalism behind that, you know, I needed to make a, a, a change and, a, and a, find a new direction and in going into digital journalism and, and, and just sort of being consumed by it. And at the same time, wanting to share the feelings that I had about that. And, you know, it was directly led to, to this podcast. So, you know, follow your passions, you know, speak about your passions. Um, I think you should try to do that in all of your life, in all of your life, in, in the decisions you make about about what your career is and and what the thing is that drives you and and motivates you to do something better. Yeah, I think we've all been in positions where we're just doing the job, we're just clocking in and and, and sort of marking time, um, and that's not very fulfilling. And it doesn't challenge you, and it doesn't make you a better person or a better journalist or writer or, or creative person. And so I think you need passions in your life and uh, you need to listen to those. And uh, sometimes that's, uh, it requires a great leap uh, that, it, that maybe takes you out of your comfort zone. You know, maybe it, it requires sacrifice of, of time and money um, to pursue something. And maybe you pursue something and it doesn't, turn out the way you want it to do. But, you know, maybe that was a matter of your, your your goals were not the passion so much. It was the doing of whatever the action was or the creativity. You know, I think that's another thing that's sort of coming out in, in the uh, research of the, about the book is, you know, you, you need to sort of 
come to grips with what, you know, if you're starting a podcast, what you, you know, where you want to go with this, you know, do you want to have a huge audience? Do you want to, you know, be super famous or do you want to be, you know, make a lot of money or, or you just want to get your message out there and, or reach a, a certain type of audience, uh, and, and come to grips with it that, you know, maybe you're, all you really want to do is, is talk to a hundred, 500, 600 people in a particular, um, discipline, you know, you only want to talk to 500 neuroscientists, but you're going to create the best podcast, the best, you know, message that you can bring to those people. And that's your audience. You're not going to become rich and famous, but you're going to achieve that goal. And, uh, you know, I think in the end that becomes more rewarding as you move forward in in and pursue creativity and and try to reach out and and, and communicate with people. And uh, hey, again, this is something I probably said on the podcast before. Uh, the podcast is one of the things that was very surprisingly for me rewarding beyond kind of what I expected. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations. I just knew that I wanted to do it. I pursued my passion. And, you know, doors opened up to me that I never expected. Obviously, this book was a, a major door that opened that I did not expect. And I met lots and lots of people, which I think is for me is more important. I met lots of different people. I had a lot of great conversations. And, you know, for me and hopefully for the people who may have listened to the podcast and, and sort of got something out of these interviews, you know, for me, that was almost more than than I ever expected. You know, sometimes you do these things with a degree of faith. You sort of you make that leap and because you know that it's the right direction and you don't know where you're going to land. And this is an example, this podcast example, this book is an example of, you know, just making a creative leap and doing something above and beyond your, your daily job, your daily expectations and uh, finding success there. So that's all I got to say today. Like I said, I'll, I'll have other updates about the podcast book. Uh, as we get closer to the deadline, <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to uh, have lots of different things to say about it and hopefully maybe get some of this audio in here as well. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the changing state of digital news. Find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and now Google Play. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.